2: What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here, managing editor of Fightful.com. It is September 5th. We got SmackDown Live to talk about. Uh, nowhere near as big as next week's SmackDown Live or Tuesday in general is going to be. Next week, we'll have the May Young Classic finals, and we will go live right after that concludes. It's all live from Las Vegas, so we'll talk about that big day uh, next, week, uh, next week and a little bit tonight. Uh, I am joined tonight by Anna Bauert. Anna.
3: How are you? Hello. I'm I'm exhausted, but I'm good. That was a fun show. I think we entered the darkest timeline of SmackDown, but this is good.
2: Yeah, a couple of them. There was mm. there were there were a couple of really naughty things on this show. Jeff, you are the king of naughty style.
0: I'm the cleanest one of all of us. What are you talking about?
2: Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. Uh, Also, guys, I want to say best wishes to Fightful lead boxing writer Carlos Toro. He is in the heart of Hurricane Irma right now in Mm -hmm. Puerto Rico. So we're definitely wishing him uh, the best and hoping that he he gets through everything. I pitched an idea to Shane Helms for him to critique the worst hurricane jokes that he has sent. And he said no because it would encourage more. So that, that ain't happening anytime soon. Guys, please go visit FightfulPods.com for all your podcast needs. I released the full story time with J.J. Dillon uh, filming that we did. Uh, one of, I think, two or three that we did. And weekends where we don't have a lot of stuff, like no, not a lot of uh, WWE or UFC podcasts to run, I will run those in addition to a members-only show or a Fightful Books it, something like that. But head over there as well. Of course, join in on our live coverage all the time. And uh, we're looking to get more interactive with you guys on the stories themselves. So come, comment, join our forums, talk with our community as well. So uh, as I mentioned, next week we go live after the May Young Classic. We're going to talk a little bit about that at the end of the show. But there was a news story that, that emerged today. Shane McMahon wasn't the only head honcho out of control right now. Jeff Jarrett ousted at least for right now as uh whatever i'll I'll get the details momentarily i've been on the phone with people i've been texting people from gfw throughout the evening jeff what was your reaction to hearing the news that jeff was was out of power
0: um a little bit of sadness because i think jeff Jarrett really does care about gfw and really did want to bring it back after getting control again and a little bit of Is it wrong to say non-shock when you're bringing in so many political players in there that uh, things may, uh, especially even with Anthem, too? I mean, there's a lot of people there who play a lot of politics, and I'm not terribly surprised at the same time.
2: When I I tweeted something like GFW was a shit show, and I had a lot of people some some apologists basically saying oh why don't you ever say that about wwe and i'm like well (laughs) playboy how many people have been in control of wwe in the last year because i can count like it'll be four by the end of the week in global force wrestling tna impact they've had three names this year and they might go back to impact from the sounds of it because the global force merger was not complete yet and now from what i i've heard and i've talked to none of the wrestlers knew what was going to happen jeff had no idea what was going to happen he was going to host a, a bit of a, a staff party tonight where they were going to do a fantasy football draft that ain't happening now that definitely isn't happening the wrestlers that i spoke to one of which said the more things change the more things stay the same go for them in that regard because this this is like something that seems to happen every few months, and and that's unfortunate.
0: Which podcast uh, domain is going to be running GFW? Is it going to be Conrad Thompson or is it going to be Court Bauer?
2: Um. <laughs> hmm. Oh, really? <laughs> no comment. Oh no, I was making. Hey, a- they couldn't do. They couldn't do much worse, could they? No. One of the people that I spoke to, the one that still that said uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same, was one of two people that told me that they felt like they didn't know anybody at the last tapings because of all the roster overturn. So there's that too. I've got a bunch more information on this over at Fightful.com on my story. There's, there's been some beef between Jeff Jarrett and Ed Nordholm. Jeff Jarrett's been, for, with some people, a little difficult to deal with behind the scenes. I'll talk more about that on the list and your boy tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern with Jimmy van. Cause I know he's going to want to talk about that. Anna, you're going to run global force.
3: Sure. I'll give it a shot. might as well. It's just, like, uh, I feel really badly for the roster because th- this is their job and they're caught in the middle of this. And as you said, how many times has this happened this year? It's, Yeah, I'm with Jeff. It wasn't exactly surprising, but at this point, just kind of sitting back and watching it unfold, just like, okay, what's next? It sucks.
2: From Dixie Carter to Billy Corgan to Jeff Jarrett and Ed Nordholm to who the hell knows next. Like, we don't know who's next. And they got a pay-per-view in a couple months, a big one. So they'll have a little bit of time to figure it out because – well, I mean it won't it won't affect the programming, at least in the interim, but yeah. like I said, I got a story up on fightful.com. Go check that out. It's got a lot of exclusive information uh as well. WWE SmackDown Live. Anna, what do you think of these intro promos that they're doing on SmackDown Live? Personally. I think they're cheesy as hell, but I do like that they're exclusive to SmackDown Live, either because I don't have to see them on Raw or because it gives SmackDown a little bit <laughs> of a different feel.
3: Um, hats off to them for, for doing something different. Um, I just kind of wish that they would just try something else. Because if I see one more vignette started by someone shadow boxing, I'm going to punch my screen. And it's just like, is Auden watching TV at this point? Why is he standing sideways? It was just, it was all very staged in a very bizarre way. But I do like that they're trying this.
2: Jeffrey, do these do anything for you? I'm going to claim
0: ignorance because I kind of tune them out. What what are we talking about exactly? There we go.
2: That's all I I needed.
0: That's all I need. Okay. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm just, I'm trying to remember the beginning. apologize
2: if you. If it makes you tune out, it makes you tune out, man. That's just how it is. I didn't tune out during the Kevin Owen Shane segment. Boy, that got started uh, pretty hot, Jeff.
0: Yeah, I liked it, and there, there was a. I, I made a mental note of this. I, I really liked Kevin Owen's delivery, especially of that last line, because there is a tendency in the Vince McMahon school of acting to really chew that dialogue a little bit into, you know, and your children, you know, that kind of Mm. thing. And I thought Kevin Owens gave it. I mean, look, he did the dramatic pauses for that. We knew the line was coming, but the way he delivered it wasn't over the top and it really came off. Well, I thought.
2: And what were your thoughts on this? Uh, KO asks if, Shane wants to be in the spotlight because Vince didn't give him enough attention. This this is after Shane (laughs) runs down to the ring and prevents Kevin Owens from being a special guest referee in Carmella and Natalia's match, which I love that he wants to do that so much. If anything, we know that Vince gave Shane too much attention. I mean, he beat the living shit out of him on TV on several occasions. Then KO gets a a little real with Shane and says that everybody would be much better off if he didn't survive his helicopter crash I can't pretend that I expected that line to be unleashed
3: no that um, was uh, yep that happened I think it's they watched Roman and Cena last week and went oh this is it this is money and then just all hell was unleashed ever since. I'm so behind everything Kevin Owens is doing right now. Him coming out to like trying to take the ref shirt off the ref again is just, and the whole like taking over KO show. I wouldn't be angry with that. I'd, I'd be pretty behind it. Um, yeah, that line was intense, but I think at this point in time, given where the company is at and where it's coming from, I think this is about to propel them into a different era, maybe, hopefully. So I'm very much behind this. What did the audience member say that threw Shane off?
2: I don't know if it threw him off, but I think it just, I think they just said something like, you suck, or something. I don't know, it made the crowd laugh, though.
3: Yeah. I, mean, I couldn't
2: really hear it. If anybody was there and can let me know what they were saying, whether it's right now on the live broadcast or maybe – Maybe after, just tweet it to me. Uh, please let me know. I would, I would love to know that. We're going to talk about this entire angle right now because it was really a show-long angle, and this is something a couple of years ago I was begging for WWE to do because a few years ago, maybe two years ago, once somebody was on the show, they weren't on the show anymore that night. There was not this weaving in and out throughout the program, and I love that they do this. I love the continuity that was, that was utilized in this as well. Shane goes wild at KO bringing his kids at bring up his kids after he warned him not to and just flat out beats Kevin Owen's ass real proper as we say here on the fightful podcast. Daniel Bryan comes out and is visibly disappointed. And Daniel Bryan's like facial expressions like let you know something was coming. Like his, yeah. his disappointment that he expressed I loved it.
3: Well, I I really appreciate that he brought up later with Shane the whole Miss thing on talking smack. Like I wanted to punch that guy's face in. I didn't because of the greater good of the company, and them even bringing in that KO was going to sue the company and Shane and everyone involved. It's just it's going to areas that we haven't seen in a very long time, and I would have been behind. I mean, I was behind KO versus Shane anyway, but adding this extra bit now is bring it to new levels. And I think it could possibly bring the brand to a new level and hopefully get them out of what's been going on with the title for the past few months.
2: Backstage, Daniel Bryan apologizes to KO. KO says he's suing WWE, the McMahon family, and pressing charges. Jeff, are we getting Clarence Mason back? or <laughs> Rusev's lawyer? Um... Oh man. (laughs) Tommaso Ciampa. Tommaso Ciampa. That would be a good one too. Uh, I actually, for, for one of the filmings of the list and your boy recently, I spoke to Davari about Tommaso Ciampa being his lawyer. And we kind of agreed that 12 years ago when Tommaso Ciampa portrayed that lawyer on TV, he was 20 and looked 42. (laughs) Now he's like 31 and looks 41. Wasn't his name something like Lance Penmanship or something like on screen? Yeah, it was something it was, uh, like Thomas something Esquire. Okay.
0: I Yeah, I, uh, I'm i going to backtrack a little bit because I wanted to go over what Anna said. I think the helicopter line was unnecessary. And I think yeah, that's where it toes the line over to bad taste just to try and get heat. It's kind of like when, uh, what is it, the Bella angle when she said she wished she had died in the womb or even the page bringing up. You know, Reed uh, Reed's death is kind of on on the very far end of the spectrum, and the Brie Bella wish you had died in the womb is on the other end. And this is kind of, yeah, and Eddie's in hell. Those are the types of lines you don't need. You've already got heat enough for this angle. Um, I was wondering during the beatdown how many times Shane actually potatoed Kevin Owens. Uh, if, if you if you heard Chris Jericho talking about that Survivor Series match, where he had to give a receipt to Shane because Shane just wouldn't calm down once he got hyped up because that's what he yeah. does in real life. I did like the continuity of um, bringing up that Triple H gave Kevin Owens the the uh, Universal Championship. I, I liked that a lot. That was that was a nice touch. Um, are we doing the entire angle, or, or are you just going to keep we're, going chronologically?
2: We're gonna go through the whole thing right now. Um, okay, I'll, I'll cut myself off. Well, yeah, backstage, Daniel Bryan gets a phone call from someone. We aren't told who. Instructing him to do something. Instructing him mm-hmm. to take care of it. He calls out Shane McMahon to the ring. And in that that b- great spot of continuity, Daniel Bryan reminds Shane that he was the one who prevented Daniel Bryan from beating up the Miz last year. When the Miz went... went buck wild on talking smack that was a really good touch jeff
0: yeah no uh, continuity and and rewarding viewers for paying attention are hallmarks of a well-written television show which it and it always just amazes us when wwe ends up doing it that that's the thing like you're you're talking about the weaving in and out of, of of a of a through line for an entire episode yeah, that's good writing and it 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 shocks me when they do it and I wish they do it more and then they they don't which tends to be disappointing.
2: Anna, we we so often see where they just abandon any semblance of continuity in which they they held. They've been doing a lot better with that lately.
3: Yeah, total diva apps on Twitter brought up the locked box that was first mentioned back when Shane came back. Please God, bring this back. Please be the thing Whoa. that, that sets this match off. And that is it because that would be like, I would take off every single ad, ad I own for them. It's like, gone. Is-
2: Shane lost. No no, is,
3: no, no, this is not, not, this is not. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not, every I'm not other stipulation in that match box.
2: was upheld forever. So you got to uphold the lockbox stipulation, right? Because yeah. Shane wasn't in control of Raw or any other show after he lost to the Undertakers. So.
3: He sent Vince McMahon, sent out Daniel Bryan to the ring to fire his son, well, indefinitely suspend his son. You got to think at this point, Shane is a little pissed. And that locked box is still somewhere in the house. I need this. I need this for me. Just please do this.
2: The crowd. Thanks, Shane. Thank you, Shane. All that stuff. Backstage Kevin Owens is wandering around and says, this is just the beginning. I'm going to make this show my playground. I'm interested in that. But then Daniel Bryan drops the bomb, Anna. Vince McMahon's coming to Smackdown Live next week. They're, they're doing some stuff in Vegas next next Tuesday.
3: Yep. I'm all behind this. I kind of thought that's about, where they were going with the phone call, but I'm glad that they dropped it in before the end of the episode.
2: I'm all behind them taking six weeks in between SmackDown pay-per-views if we're going to get SmackDown lives and then a May Young Classic fi- finale or finals, whatever the hell you want to call it, all, all together. Man, next Tuesday is going to be fun. Mm-hmm. I'm excited, uh, Jeff. What do you think Vince McMahon says
0: um, that he's going? That the one way he can settle it is in hell of in the cell. I think he sets up the hell in the cell match. Let me uh, again backtrack just a little bit and posit something to you because it's a point I've been I've been mulling, and I'm still not certain of my opinion of it. So I'll put it to you too whether or not uh, I'm I'm thinking correctly here. I thought there was a misstep here in the way that Shane reacted to Daniel Bryan when he brought him out. I, I thought. You know, the, the kind of the WWE way is that when McMahon's getting in trouble is to show defiance instead of contrition. And I thought Shane should have really acted ashamed of himself rather than defiant and, and defensive. And I thought that would have made the angle go over a little bit better. What do you two think?
2: I would agree with that. Anna?
3: I think it's just setting up for what's next. I didn't have a issue with it. I mean, it kind of came across like, well, Your Honor, he mentioned my family, so I killed him. Which is, yeah, it's over the top, but I don't know. I, I liked how they handled it.
0: Yeah. I, I, I'm just thinking, you know, a 40 something, you, you know, middle aged father wouldn't, you know, wouldn't necessarily fly off the because just because of the kids. You know, there, there'd have to be a little bit more to that. That's something a 20 year old might, might Yeah, he's do, a
2: 40 something guy who wears yeah. a baseball jersey when he wrestles, yeah, though.
0: That's, that's true. I mean, Son. yeah, I'm. I was just I was just thinking of just this is more arguing over, not arguing but discussing nuance so I'm, I'm just, I was just wondering about that
2: sure I, I mean I don't dislike it or anything I don't dislike the way they did it but I, I wouldn't have been opposed to that either uh, guys check out the Holy Smokes MMA podcast that we did today at three Eastern we previewed UFC 215 for this weekend talked UFC Rotterdam Nick Diaz Paulie uh Elias Theodorou showed up also we have features on the main page. Carlos Toro did a honest-to-God Spanish translation of the Sexy Star Letter. He didn't run it through Google. He didn't summarize it, anything like that. Also, uh, Brandon Howard's awesome feature on Kavita Devai. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, in the Mayon Classic, and her very impressive YouTube numbers that she's dropped. So lots of stuff like that on Fightful.com today. So we we got this story. Everybody knew this was the the, the direction they were going. The, the Kevin Owens, Shane McMahon thing. Jeff, do we see Shane McMahon take a bump off Hell in a Cell next month? Oh yeah, that that's why he keeps saying you fall off of tall things.
0: I think he takes another bump off the top of the cage.
2: Will it be more spectacular?
0: No, it'll be. The, I, I don't think you can. I think there'll be a crash pad somewhere mm-hmm. nearby. Um. <laughs> how do you make it more spectacular? Doing it backwards and doing a flip? I, I don't know how he can or, or like <laughs> <feet>. <laughs> he goes to the roof of the arena and jumps off. I I, I don't <laughs> it's like I'm gonna kill my son some one way or another. You we're gonna make this cage a double hell in the cell. <laughs> and you can jump off of that. You know, I, I you know jumping off of that structure is impressive enough for
2: me. It's a shame it's not in Cleveland because he could Powerbomb Shane onto M MGK again, but hey, it's in Detroit, so maybe Kid Rock's free. <laughs> maybe he's free. Anna, what what are you expecting out of this? Uh, do you do you think Helena? Do you think that that maybe a Shane versus Owen Survivor Series team situation too? Uh, they they like to incorporate Shane into these Survivor Series teams.
3: Yeah, possibly. Um, I'm like i'm i'm all up for whatever they do with this i completely trust ko with everything um and shano is he's damn good at what he does it just like i really hope we don't get the argument from people of like oh he's only jumping off the top of the cell again
0: <laughs> exactly
3: you do it, you do it. <laughs> see how well you live after that
0: yeah crash through a table yourself going off the top of that thing and then talk to me <laughs> <laughs>
2: So, believe it or not, there were other things that happened on this show, quite a bit actually. Natalia defeated Carmella, a basic match. Most of it takes place during the commercial. Some of the spots look kind of slow, but it accomplished what it needed to. Natalia wasn't was barely a story in this match, but it was a good way to get her a win. I thought Ellsworth like tries to cash in for Carmella. It was really weird, and then it backfires, and Natalia wins. Carmella goes off on Ellsworth, calls him a charity case, asks why he has a job there, insinuates that his mom should have put him up for adoption, <laughs> goes off on his lack of chin. Like Carmella, she she went hard. I felt really bad for Ellsworth by the end of this, Anna.
3: Yeah. Yep. Almost makes you forget that he was the first Miss Money in the bank. Um <laughs> I will say one thing about the actual match is there's something, they did the whole the catfight slap thing at the start of it and it just made me go, look, we've seen what Natty can do. We've seen her put Nikki Bella through a mirror. I want to see her do, like, that can be her thing. She has it in her. It's believable within the character. And then we did get something like that when Carmella had the leg, her legs locked around Natty's waist and then Natty just started pummeling the shit out of her. Um, so I thought that was fantastic. Ellsworth. It's just been a a rough week for couples everywhere. I witnessed a public breakup yesterday and this was on par with that. Um, I just, I don't know.
2: Did, Did the public breakup that you see later involve domestic abuse?
3: I hope not. um it was very confusing because I thought that the couple were speaking in another language, but it turns out that they were just extremely bogan Australian, so I don't know where that went after that, but um are we talking about the the little part that they had later on, or are we getting to that?
2: Yeah, we can go right <laughs> into it so Ells- was- Ellsworth Ellsworth apologizes repeatedly and she, uh, Carmella, seems to accept it, but says that they're doing things her way now. Then plants a big old smooch on Ellsworth and slaps him. And I got to say, her facial expression afterwards, I was like, man, I didn't know how I feel about this, but I buy it, whatever it is. Just because of the look on her face afterwards. And I was like, I'm not sure anybody knows what's going on, but she does. And that's all that matters to me. But, uh, I get the feeling it didn't go over as well with with most
3: well, it oh, just Anna. it first of all if if they hadn't been doing it her way up till this point, I'm really confused by what that situation was. I just look at these segments It's like um Alicia Fox with Noam Da when she first made out with him and then slapped him as well. It's like this was written by a dude because I'm really confused <laughs> by this. Like from a female perspective, unless someone has been watching a lot of soap operas, this doesn't happen.
2: I'll give you the inside scoop right now. If you see it on WWE TV, it was written by a dude.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yup. Pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) It's just funny because I always hear like, oh, from guys, girls are so confusing. It's like, yeah, because we're written like that. It doesn't happen like that.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let Jeff, me. Uh, what do you make uh, of all of this?
3: Let, let
0: me give you some clarification on on why Ellsworth was cashing in at this time. It was a non-title match, so when she was going for the pin, sure. he was throwing in the briefcase to say, "Let's make this the title match and make this the pin to count for the title."
2: But as, um, as we know, traditionally, the opponent has to get to their feet. Yeah, they start. Well, the they, they,
0: they they play huh. fast and loose. They play fast and loose with that.
2: They they do, but I mean every. Every one-on-one match has been like that, but then again, the triple threat match that Rollins inserted himself into didn't have to do that. So I wonder if maybe in the middle of the match – see, WWE has a rule book that absolutely never addressed shit like this because the book sucked, but –
0: Right, but also remember Daniel Bryan's win over Big Show was when Big Show was down, and they never made him get up. It, it just it depends on what they want to do for the story. Um, I thought she went so hard against Ellsworth in that promo at first that that was going to be how they wrote him off. I, that's how I did too. Confusing, confused I was about it because I wrote, uh, "Are they going to cut Ellsworth for cost cutting?" You know, like they did the fireworks, and then the promo afterwards. I I viewed it. As Ellsworth viewed this thing with Carmela as a partnership, and now it's no—I'm the one running this show. I'm going to screw with your mind a little bit to make sure you know what your place is here. And it's an employer-employee
2: relationship now.
0: Yeah, and it's a lot like—I mean, if you if you want to make a comic book corollary, Poison Ivy when she you know brainwashes men by kissing them with you know lipstick that brainwashes them. That's, that's what this is. This is, you know, it's Stockholm syndrome pretty much. It's a Stockholm syndrome angle.
2: Also, I want to say if they were cost cutting Ellsworth, isn't the guy that I cost cut because he is worth far more than whatever they're paying him. And that is not me making a joke. He has been, phenomenal since coming oh, i agree game.
0: but 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 you know vince's predilections towards managers and just unnecessary i mean i, I could view it, him looking at ellsworth and going carmella's a star and he's holding her down and i i disagree with that sure. you disagree with that
2: carmella bought a new house this week mm. good for her dolph ziggler comes out he has re-debuted he guilts the crowd about wanting gimmicks he comes out as john cena Randy Savage and Naomi to troll the crowd, whether it's in storyline or real life. You know, I don't know if Naomi's the one that I pick on because Jimmy Uso is going to be beating that ass soon, Jeff.
0: Yeah, you you don't. Uh, it's funny because I really liked it at first, and then and then uh, Chris Novembrino, who's co-hosting Shake Them Rose with me this week, wrote me and said, uh, "No, the Naomi's the one character you don't want to undermine on TV because because." The women need all the help they can get, yeah and and especially a champion who is a little bit shaky in the crowd's eyes you don 't want to get you don 't want to demean them as oh they 're just this glow dancing thing as opposed to a legitimate wrestler and I know it 's supposed to get heat but but this is this is the type of thing you should cut a promo on if you 're in if you 're at the desk. In 1986, Crockett, not not in WWE, where it's all yes. about spectacle. It's more of self uh, self commentary, and self commentary never works. Imitating other wrestlers never gets over, and it doesn't get heat anymore for the most I, part.
2: I don't know if it's like an imitation, like uh, Stevie Richards, Damian no, Sandas, Charlie Haas. It's just yeah, it's a no. mocking more than anything. I would really have the Usos kick the shit out of him, though. Like make him be a guy that has heat with. Everybody, not just baby faces, everybody hates the guy. Like Ray Graves hates him, Byron Saxton mm-hmm. hates him, Tom Phillips hates him, the Usos hate him, and they put the boots to him for that too. And like for some reason, Dolph Ziggler gets a kick out of it because he's a giant prick. Anna, what's up with Dolph Ziggler? <laughs> what is it going anywhere? Can it can it become anything?
3: Um. I don't know. <laughs> so I labeled I labeled this section in my notes Ziggler kills my soul. And the top thing I wrote was so his gimmick is lacking self-insight. This was really painful Hard to
2: watch.
3: Uh everybody's um, gimmick. Well, some of them <laughs> better than others. There were <sighs> I felt like suing WWE for the five minutes of my life that I will never get back. Um, but there were two things that came up on Twitter from this that I found interesting. Naomi tweeted pictures of her and Ziggler together with I think I'm guessing their lyrics they smile on your face all the time they want you to take your place the backstabbers backstabbers so I would really like to see Naomi versus Dolph Ziggler in a squash match and Naomi just destroys him um, the other thing was a tweet from WWE we're sorry the old heel Ziggler can't come to the phone right now if this was based on the whole Taylor Swift thing I'm going to punch someone in the face it's not good It's just not good. And Taylor Swift is not worth it. Just, Oh my God. Wow. That, that, that that escalated quickly.
2: (laughs) Hot damn. Also, uh, I never put over Vince Russo's tweets, but I got to say, I I enjoyed this one. He said, maybe Shane McMahon got himself suspended so he could spend Christmas with his family. (laughs) Well played. Well played. uh, Aiden English defeated Sami Zayn. He's on a bit of a hot streak, Jeff. Is he on a hot streak or is
0: Sami Zayn on a cold streak?
2: That that's well, the Aiden English has beaten Randy Orton, Kai Dillinger, and Sami Zayn of late.
0: I I don't understand this program at all. This is <laughs> this is the equivalent doing what they did to Sammy this week. This is this is what they did to Bailey on Raw. It is the most straight ahead babyface character you can have. And they're making him look like a jerk for chasing off a guy who beat him clean. I mean, I don't mind him losing clean necessarily. I, you know, and I don't even, you know, even due to a mistake. But then the temper tantrum afterwards is kind of, you know, you're like, no, that's that doesn't fit this character.
2: Well, I can't say that I expected Aiden English to have four singles wins in eight weeks on SmackDown Live. That that's perhaps more puzzling. What what are they what are they doing with Sami Zayn? What are they doing with Aiden English? I don't know if there's any substance behind it.
0: Can I be the guy to say I think Vince just likes guys who annoy crowds by singing? I, I think that I
2: think that's all there is to
0: it. I think he, that's why he's getting Aiden, the wins.
2: Yeah. Elias is doing wonderfully with it. Mm-hmm. He's doing like to the point where I'm like, damn, they could go babyface with this. And if he starts singing about his opponents, like that could be that could get hot. Oh, wow. Anna, is is there anything that you see? For, or do you see any direction for this Sami Zayn, Aiden English storyline?
3: No, or like they're up. Like good on Aiden English, but these Sami losses—they're starting to physically hurt me. Like the replay was almost longer than the match itself. And all Sammy got was his face smashed against the mat. Um, I enjoyed the chase out, but it it, it hurts me. Um, I came up with an idea. You know how Sammy and Ty tagged together not too long ago, about a month ago. Can we just please have them together? And they can be the Canadian destroyers in brackets of your heart. And then it could be hot with like H-A-R-T. And then you can have like a winky face at the end of it. Just like even that, that lame little piece of crap is better than what they are doing right now with Sammy. I, why is this a spot? Why? Is it because people like him? Do they hate us that much?
2: I, I don't wow. think Sammy's ever hurt by losses. I really don't. Mm. I think he's... No,
3: but it hurts me.
0: He's... he's yeah, He's not hurt within the context of how they see him. Let's put it that way. I, th- I think there's a lot of people that think that Sami Zayn should be a main eventer in this company, and I don't think I don't I,
2: just I don't like think to they see, see a good storyline
0: for him. I agree. I, I think, agree. I think I agree we've seen
2: some in the past. I mean, I've loved a lot of the stuff they do with Kevin Owens and him. Well,
0: yeah, that's, that's just that's, it. That's the only yeah. story they have.
2: Yeah, that's I mean, true. And, it, and that one was a built-in one. That, like yeah. they didn't have to do a whole lot of work on that one.
0: Yeah. Let me, let me throw a, a, a future WrestleMania angle at you right now. Elias Sampson starts playing the guitar and the rock comes out for a rock concert. Boom. There you go. Um,
2: that, that yeah. could be another, another rock 10 second WrestleMania match.
0: Mm-hmm. Or, or just coming out on the guitar and doing a dueling promo and then giving a rock bottom and going away. Yeah, you're right. Um, no, but but yeah, I'd, I'd like to see you know I'd like to see some understanding of the Sami Zayn character, other than he comes out to ska and he dresses like a paper boy, or or he's the underground underdog from the <laughs> underground. I'd like to see a little bit of understanding and then building a story around that because I think he's had enough time on this roster where you could actually do something like that. I remember and, when and, I did yeah. I did
2: a post raw show with Vince Russo and he was like, "Yeah, they need to do vignettes for everybody, even Sami Zayn." When he was debuting, I'm like, what What are they going to do? Show him skanking in a fedora to, like, the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones or some oh, shit? God. Like, <laughs> what does he do? Like, I don't, want, I don't want that. I don't want that.
0: Yeah, no, oh. I don't want that, but I want some depth to him.
2: Usos revealed that they're going to face the New Day in a Las Vegas street fight next week. That adds to an even uh, a ridiculously loaded Las Vegas show. And I'm sure the match is going to be awesome. Jeff, what the hell are you laughing at? What's so funny? You know, it's
0: it's so convenient that they're going to have a Las Vegas street fight in Las Vegas as opposed to a Poughkeepsie street fight in Las
2: Vegas. Well, you can't do that. They're different. And geographically, they'll run into issues. Like if you have a Miami street fight or a Fort Myers street fight next week in Las Vegas, there's not going to be enough wind to have that damn street fight.
0: I'm just saying the convenience is is just awesome that they could book a Las Vegas street fight you in can't. the middle of Las Vegas, Sean Ross. It is
2: amazing. If you do a Chicago street fight next week, there is no guarantee that a hobo will be there to stab one of the wrestlers next week in Vegas. Instead, what's going to happen, they're going to brawl. Some old lady's going to ask him for quarters to gamble at the slot machine. Like, that's where A white tiger is going to appear.
0: You know, someone's getting thrown through a slot machine at some
2: point. Oh, please go through Celine Dion. Carrot Top's going to introduce them and tell bad jokes.
0: (laughs) Celine Dion will say my heart will go
2: on. It'll be awesome. Carrot Top, who was interviewed by (laughs) Fightful.com recently, mind you. So that, let me tell you, that's how my August went, guys. So
0: (laughs) He's a nice guy. Actually, I played with him once. Uh, on a bill oh boy. In, in college, yeah, he won't remember me at all. But I, he's a very nice guy.
2: And anything <laughs> you're looking forward to out of this Las Vegas street?
3: <laughs> all of that now, I just I really hope it ends up with a pin or something on a blackjack table. That's that's kind of it.
2: I guess you could say this is a real roll of the dice.
3: Oh, I hate you. <laughs>
2: I'll tell you what, guys, you won't be rolling the dice when you go to FightfulPods.com where you can check out all of our podcasts, post-raw, post-smackdown, post-pay-per-view, WWE or UFC. We got our Fightful books up there. We have members-only shows up there, archive shows including J.J. Dillon, Shane Helms, Matt Riddle, Elias Theodorou, Sean Pearson, Patrick Cote, tons of UFC stars, pro wrestling personalities, Fightful Boxing podcasts, all that over there. And, of course, check out our forums. We have that open to sports, uh, entertainment, uh, pro wrestling, MMA, virtually anything you can think of. And if we don't have it, just let us know. We'll add that as well. Go check out Fightful.com, guys. We've got news updates all throughout the day. (sighs) Baron Corbin defeated Ty Dillinger. AJ Styles is on commentary and puts over that his elbow pad will be auctioned off for hurricane relief. I like that. I thought that... Conner's Styles plugged it very well, too. Like, very naturally. Very good stuff. Dillinger got a good reaction, Anna. And he was really aggressive out of the gate. I was very impressed that he could lift up Baron Corbin. Yeah. I didn't expect that.
3: I like this match. Um, they had a few really nice sections. I felt really bad when Ty got hung up in the ropes when um, Corbin tried to chuck him out at one point. But... And the fact that the cheap shot was to the throat, it was really simple. It wasn't the balls. It was something different. It was a nice little addition to this match. Um, yeah, where else do I remember this? Yeah, this is so completely irrelevant, and this will only make sense if you've seen the start of round two of the Mae Young Classic. Part of me just couldn't help but wonder what it would look like if Corbin attempted the Bel Air whip. Um yeah on dillinger at this point i i kind of want to see that um yeah i i liked it and i really loved what they set up next in the backstage segment
2: yeah aj styles offers dillinger a title match next week in vegas another big match on that show says that the uh, united states open challenge is only open to Ty dillinger Jeff, what'd you think of, of this match and them setting up this title match next week? And do we get a clean finish out of it?
0: This is a nice little story that they're telling here, with 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 Ty Dillinger's involvement being more than just a guy out there to take losses. It really is a little bit nuanced. Well, he, he for, is for a for guy the out there to
2: take losses, but they're yeah. doing it in a way where these guys are showing him props, and he's shown as a little bit of a threat.
0: Yeah, yeah and he's he, well, he's 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 being well-served by the story as opposed to just taking the, the losses. There are reasons he's taking the losses. It, it took me a good 10 seconds to realize that it was AJ Styles yelling cheap shot as opposed to Byron Saxton all of a sudden getting a dose of personality that I thought was unwarranted. I was like, why is Byron Saxton all of a sudden yelling? And <laughs> it hit me, oh no, that's AJ Styles. Okay, got it. Um, But, but I liked everything about this. I'm I'm hoping that they, they do this to a finish and really pay it off in that Ty Dillinger gets a extended match, kind of like how Jason Jordan did last night, but loses ultimately in the end, as opposed to a Baron Corbin run-in. I don't want Baron Corbin down there on commentary to, to, to try and affect the match. I, I want a good, nice, clean match out of these two, to be honest.
2: Shout out to Gisberto Guzzo, who kept an oh count tonight. <laughs> 35 total in four matches for an average of 8.75. And that includes four in the Aiden english Sami Zayn match that barely existed. So outside of that, we're looking at over nine per, if you, if you exclude that. But what did you think? I want, I want your all's thoughts uh, tonight on Corey, Corey Graves' uh, commentary debut. And we haven't even talked about JBL leaving. JBL <laughs> had been getting flight itineraries to show up basically two days early, and he goes, to hell with that. I'm changing this. For all the bad you can say about JBL, uh, Jeff, I can't really blame him for that.
0: Yeah, it it's a little bit too much of a of a uh, commitment for the amount of work he has to do. I mean, let's he's not he's not Jerry Lawlering it out there where he doesn't pay attention to the product at all. I mean, he comes in there, he has his his foibles, he has his crutches that he does, but overall, I mean, you know, he's there to be the voice of the guy who's producing the show, which is Vince and he doesn't need the two days of prep work in the town. I'm sorry. That's a bit much to ask of anybody. I don't blame him either. Um, as for Corey Graves, count me in as a fan of the Corey Graves, Byron Saxton dynamic on commentary. I, I like the fact that I think I think it brings out the best in Byron, and I think it brings out what I like about Corey Graves' commentary more so than on the Raw show where – Corey's also kind of required to carry Booker T a bit, because Booker T is such a loose cannon that Corey kind of has to be a little bit more of the straight and narrow as opposed to pure heel. Um, but uh, I mean, I don't mind Corey Graves a lot. I would have, I would much rather had a new face on there, but there aren't many to choose from in the, in their uh, in their Rolodex, to be honest. So, I mean, this it, it would have been a nice time to have Alex Riley back, but they don't.
2: Steel horses. Busy, mm-hmm. he's busy. You all can uh, see him, or you could have seen him on the list. And your boy airing 3 p.m. Eastern on Wednesdays. We had several segments with him. Anna, anything stick out with with Corey Graves and commentary? To me, if nothing sticks out bad, that's pretty solid for WDB commentary.
3: Yeah, he said something uh, at the end of um, I wish yeah at the end of tie and. Baron Corbin's match, uh, whether he's a step closer to the title is yet to be seen, but it's a step closer to the mind of AJ Styles, and that was enough for me to go, oh, my God, thank you so much for coming in. Uh, I've, I love Corey Graves. I have since he was wrestling at NXT and on commentary, and I think he works really great with both Byron and Tom Phillips, so I'm very happy with this. I didn't get to hear JBL's announcement because um, I learnt this week he blocked me. So I'm I'm part of a, a very apparently not exclusive club, um, and we'll be meeting on Wednesdays.
2: We can start holding up four hands as a part, or four fingers as a part of that club for the four thousand people that he has blocked <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, there's a lot of us, a, yeah. a lot of us. He blocked me because I said that he was better without heavy WDB production. So, hey, man, I
0: have not yet been blocked. Do not at me with him involved in it.
2: No, I'm doing it now. Oh, it doesn't matter. He can't see. <laughs> blocked. Woo-hoo. Top contender match: Nakamura and Randy Orton. Uh, Jeff, we can tell when Randy Orton's motivated. Oh yeah, that that was. You know what? You you just took my one note, man. Randy Orton looked motivated for this match,
0: and uh, I thought Shinsuke, you know, looked pretty motivated too. And he took a. I mean, that bumped to the table. I mean that. Outside the
2: shitty enziguri, he does man. That's an ugly enziguri where he hits them with like with his ankle and takes a back yeah. bump with it. It's, it's nasty, stupid looking.
0: Yeah, but there were some nice sequences in this.
2: There, there was. I like Nakamura whiffed on a kick, and then Orton had an RKO blocked early. It was a great way to set the tone. They Orton teased hitting like a really uneven draping DDT to the outside, and I was like. No. I don't even want him to land that. Like I don't want him to try it because it looked really horrifying. Yeah
0: the the only thing that Orton does that drives me insane really is, is now especially with the RKO being such a heavy part of his match is is that 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 teased RKO that where he's just kind of like holding the guy like this. It doesn't really look like he's trying to execute it at all. It just looks that that looks bad to me. I don't know about you guys, but that that really takes me out of real ism in a way but you know other than that i mean w- let's not crap on randy orton more than we have to he looked really good here tonight
2: he should hit one of those at some point like just force it just force it and basically do a diamond cutter out of it like i said <laughs> uh orton seemed motivated tonight the quality of the match reflects that nakamura had a great rko counter into an arm bar then it gets turned into a triangle orton power bombs him then nakamura hits the kinsasha for the win Anna, what did you think of the match?
3: It was a really cool match. Um, I thought they both looked great, and, they yeah, they're definitely both into it and motivated. I did enjoy the touch of having Mahal and his Singh brothers up in the skybox. I like to think that um, the Singh brothers are just providing their own little commentary to Mahal about all the ancient kings throughout history who had to overcome adversity and just swapped Mahal's name in instead. Um, but this is the thing about this, like it was a really cool match and it was different than what we've seen from them both recently for the most part, but there just isn't much going on story-wise and the title just doesn't feel important enough to merit a real kind of feud or heat to be built off it. And it kind of sucks that we're at this point, but, you know, that's, that's the only real negative of, of what happened tonight.
0: Well, I, I tend to think that Nakamura getting the clean win here with no interference and no chicanery, I think this is a lot bigger in the eyes of the casual fan than, than most are going to, you know, most of us who watch and kind of deconstruct this uh, it gives it credit. I, I, thought, I think this is really big for Shinsuke right now. I mean, it's not... It's not brand-defining by any means. No, don't get me wrong. I'm not overselling this, but I think in the eyes of the casual fan, getting a nice, clean win over Randy Orton, I think that's a big deal.
2: I do, too. I, I completely agree. Looks like Hell in a Cell is the direction they're going with the idea that the, the Singh brothers have been involved in all of Jinder Mahal's title matches. Jinder Mahal is going to be at UFC 215 this Saturday they got a Canadian Indian of their own that they're pushing, and uh, Mahal's going to be there probably on screen during UFC Fight Pass. I was thinking about like topics for a Fightful book set, and I realized that down the line I really want the Singh brothers to turn babyface and basically say that Jinder Mahal has misrepresented their people. And become the Indian Hardy Boys. Like I would really love that. I think they could build up goodwill and have some good matches, Jeff.
0: I, I like the idea. I don't think I don't think you never of, know. Out hey of the, out of the YouTube views. Out of the two acts you're gonna turn baby face. Are you gonna uh, that, that you think Vince McMahon would turn baby face? You think it's gonna be the short five foot four guys or the or the, the tall guy with the muscular build and the vascularity that Vince likes? Yeah, Vince, those yeah. wrestling fans
2: can relate to him, huh?
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: Well, you don't understand.
0: He looks like a superstar. Let me. But do you think those YouTube uh, stats are legit human eyeballs or bots?
2: It's not bots. Okay. It's not bots. I mean, some of them might be bots, but it ain't that many bots. Why would
0: I just? The numbers think,
2: are too consistent rope, across the I board to be bought. I just
0: can't see rope patriotism being a reason to watch someone who hasn't ever really had a match on TV. I just can't.
2: They did. Did you see all the coverage she's getting in India? Yeah, like
0: I saw it, and I don't believe it. I'm sorry, I don't believe it.
2: How do you it's not believe just, it? The, the the fucking articles exist, Jeff.
0: No, I I, I, get, sure. I think I know it's I know it. If, uh, I know it's a thing that's real and it exists, but there's a part of me that just goes, what, what is, I mean, it, it would be kind of like, I I just, I, I, I don't understand the, the, I, or maybe, you know what, if they're not WWE fans, that's what it is. That's the way, you know, like some local news stories or something, here's a local person, blah, blah, and then they go watch it, but I, I just don't. It's like, wow, here's this wrestler who's never wrestled. I'm a wrestling fan. I'm going to go watch her, even though she's
2: not very good. Okay. Also, what happened, the Mae Young Classic, the quarterfinals, the semifinals, a lot of good here. Shayna Baszler looked awesome. Kyrie Sane looked awesome. She whipped on an elbow drop. It was more of a hip drop, but it still looked awesome. Bianca Belair, Jeff, as you said – you did a 180 on her. Uh, Candice LeRae I, looked good. Yeah, like There I've was a lot of good on, on this. Mm-hmm. Anna, did you get to watch this? Uh, are you all caught up?
3: No, I watched the first episode of the second round. The whole man. Kari Sane versus Bianca Belair was insane. She, yeah, she's going to be I'm a lot of fun. To this. She's an
0: 80s gimmick. And it, it's so weird because it's kind of a throwback thing. But... I, like I like I, I've never done a quicker 180 on someone, I don't think, because I saw <laughs> her in NXT, and that first round against Sage, I thought, okay, she's, she's all right. She's a power plant person. Sage has a little bit more experience. And then this match came on, and I'd put her on NXT now in that women's division. I would... And give her a push and put her against the Nikki crosses. And if Oscar were around, I'd buy that match immediately. I, I, strength and agility. She's for real. She can take bumps like a champ. The and hair whip. I just the hair whip. The hair whip. The hair whip is a perfect kind of Bob Orton wearing a cast type of thing. And and did you the welts on Kyrie? Yeah. That's. Yeah. I mean, my god! After those whips, I just went. I, I go, who is this? And what have I been seeing the first couple times I saw her on NXT television? Cause this girl is awesome.
2: Speaking of the May Young classic, Ronda Rousey, Jessamyn Duke, Marina Shafir had an interaction with the three horse women. They scheduled it to where Sasha Banks was not in town. She was very puzzled by that decision based on a recent interview with Sam Roberts, but it, it's going down hey you boys at fightful.com broke the news that ronda rousey was training as a pro wrestler uh with brian kendrick so so this is going down jeff
0: mm-hmm. and i don't think it's the last match for for ronda
1: no because I, I think it's I gonna either. be i think
0: it's gonna be a conduit to get to stephanie ronda and i they think that's kind of i don't i disagree i don't think ron i mean look i think ronda's a big deal to them and maybe she's a big deal to you know the stamp, but but I mean, since losing the title and losing her last couple fights, you know, she's a, she's a deal. But is she a bigger deal than, than sacrificing most of your workers in your women's division to get over her and her friends who have just started training and aren't going to be long-term in the company? Sacrificing.
2: Sacrificing.
0: In a way, it is. I mean, to me, I mean, look, there are certain people you can have celebrities beat. I have no problem with that from time to time, you know, people that aren't seen as stars, but you're going to have Rhonda and Sh- you're going to have Shayna, Who's, who's a very good wrestler for two years in. You have mm-hmm. Rhonda, Jessamine, and, and Marina who a couple months of training. And then you're going to have four professionals who are very good. On well, the it's, end. it's worth we noting.
2: Know. I mean, not, not like Jessamine has never taken, taken bumps before. She's been training with Josh Barnett for years now. Like she's been, okay. she's been at, uh, She's been there for for quite a while, and I'm not going to say she's the the next dynamite kid or anything, but I mean, Marina.
0: If I can quote Allen Iverson, but we talking about practice there?
2: Sure. I mean, hell, you know, sure. practice is a part of it. You got to practice. You got to practice. practice, Jeff. Unless you're D'Angelo right. Williams, unless we're you're D'Angelo about. Williams, that ain't going to work like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, and any additional thoughts on on what you saw of the Mae Young Classic and maybe this Ronda Rousey storyline?
3: Well, just going off what Jeff said, I, I get where he's, I get where you're coming from with that. It should, it should be about building the division. Given you know we're still what only two years into the whole turnaround, and it it still has a lot of work to go and a lot of work to do, and that should be the focus of it. And I don't trust that that is going to be the primary focus if they do bring Ronda Rousey in and up. If she is there for a long time, then it won't hurt it as bad. But if this is just a one off celebrity deal, then please don't do this.
0: I'm, I may be totally off here because this is what they do. They like to do the, the, the spectacle and then they get the, the media thing, and it does well for the company overall. And I'm looking at it like a wrestling fan as opposed to sports entertainment. I, I get that I probably have a blind spot in here, but, but I mean, they have enough problems scripting the four horse women on their roster, let alone building up building a match here as well. So I mean there's yeah, all they sorts of
2: be things. so lucky. Yeah. Jinder Mahal got his ass kicked weekly by Rob Gronkowski and now look at him. He got the yeah. Gronk rub. Talk about the Gronk spike. Also uh worth noting that outside of the Battle Royal, the early Battle Royal, no celebrity has ever lost at WrestleMania.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Ever fact for you guys. Jeff, tell the people where they can follow you. You
0: can follow me at CrapGame13. You can follow the other show I do at Shake Them Ropes this week. Me and Chris Novembrino of Lucha of the Hidden Temple because Rob's on suspension. Uh, we'll go over WWE and the May Young Classic.
2: Suspension?
0: hmm What do you mean? Kayfabe, brother. Kayfabe. Uh, he's in Vegas right oh. now. But he also made a few comments on last week's show that uh, that offended the sensibilities, and so I I had to
3: take action and suspend him. Does he have to eat a hat to get back on?
2: <laughs> he ain't ever eaten that hat.
0: He's never eaten that hat. He might, you know, he's gonna come back from Vegas and said, "I ate the hat in Vegas," and then you know, lie to
3: us all. So evidence or it didn't happen. Mm-hmm.
2: How long's it been? How long has he put that off? It's been almost a year. It's a year. Oh, that's month, I know that. Mm-hmm. like at I what am point not, do you just you, like find a, a tortilla hat or something and eat the damn thing i'm not the guy to yell at here <laughs> come on this is on you too it's it's a year this weekend september 10th had, 2016
0: sean ross if i had proximity i would drive down to his house and i would shove a hat down his gullet okay i would and i never use the word gullet but i'd shove <laughs> a hat down one if i could and he'd be choking on that for, for the viewing pleasure of YouTube and the people who constantly remind me that Rob hasn't eaten the hat. Do you know how many tweets about this? I get,
2: you can That's tweet talk Rob about on our members only show. They, they, you
0: can, okay. you can tweet. Yes. Cause Rob was on it. You can tweet Rob at shake them ropes and say, hmm. eat the damn hat. Rob hashtag <laughs> eat the damn hat.
2: I was hey, trying to find out hey, why he I'm why he ruined
0: the WWE women's championship.
2: Yes. I was trying to find out why he ruined Flow Slam and made it one of this today. And meanwhile everybody's like eat a damn hat and I'm like, bro, you all had to get memberships to say this. Like, what are you doing guys? <laughs> like I'm sitting there saying, Hey, hey brother, why'd you pass on the Flow Slam gig? And people are like, No, we don't care about that. We don't we bad, don't
0: care.' The hat Rob. Well, well, see, see that th- they're vengeful people. The, 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 these fans of ours that that, that listen to these shows because they know on, that Rob made no. Rob made a, Rob made a promise for something. the hat.
3: Yes, he did. He, he did. promised something, and he needs to deliver this spectacle.
0: I am not disagreeing
2: with this. I, I, I don't want to be involved anymore.
0: Get
3: <laughs> the hat, Rob.
2: Anna, tell tell them where they can follow you.
3: <laughs> At and about b a u e r t on Twitter, Instagram. And hey, if you guys, I don't know what my YouTube thing is, but you can find it there.
2: If you guys want to support us, head over to uh, prowrestlingtees.com slash Fightful. Of course, subscribe to us. iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube. Get the word out about Fightful. Uh, share our stories on Reddit, on Twitter, on Facebook. Comment on our stories. That stuff helps too. Uh, also, guys, fightfulpods.com. We got that UFC 215 post show. We got the list in your boy tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern. Until next time, we're out.
0: This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines.